0: Good morning. Good morning. I'm just yeah, I'm a little bit you know overwhelmed here yeah, with the, the new uh, device here. I have to to adjust it. Anyway, uh, we are yeah, J-Root Radio. JRootRadio.com, and we have Sam Gindi there
1: as uh, usual. The way through the uh, the Parasha Shavua, through the eyes of Rabbi Avigdor Miller, Zatzal, mm-hmm. and Sam. The microphone is on right now. Okay, great.
0: It's I'm great sorry. to be here,
1: sim. It's a privilege and a pleasure to be uh, able to uh, address all our beautiful and gorgeous Jewish listeners out there in uh, all over the world, in internet land, in uh, radio land, and uh, wherever they're listening. They've been listening for uh, many years now, and they've been uh, benefiting from the uh, divre Torah and the beautiful Jewish music that uh, Jerut is uh, proliferating all over the airwaves to um, benefit our Nishamot. And certainly it behooves us to support the uh, station and they're in—they're in certainly in great need for that support at this particular time. And any kind of uh, support you can offer us through a text, or through a call, or however you can get in touch with us through the internet, it would be uh, greatly appreciated—a big mitzvah, because you'll be supporting Torah throughout the world to our brothers and sisters. And we are living with the parashat Shavua, and that's what a Jew does. A Jew lives with the parashat Shavua, and our Parashiot now are. Describing in depth and in detail the life and the chesed and the derech Eretz of our great father and mother Abraham and Sarah. Abraham and Sarah, they were a team. You can't separate them. Abraham and Sarah were inseparable. Abraham megayer sarah hanashim. asher asu beharan. They made people. They made their minds. That's what they did. So we are continuing to study Abraham Abinu, and that's what Hashem is studying, Hashem, when, when we're studying, Hashem is studying, Hashem is thinking about them, Hashem is thinking about Abraham Abinu for five parashiyot, you know, the Torah is what Hashem's thoughts are, you have to get that clear now, Torah are the thoughts of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, thoughts of the creator of the world, that's, he's, he's ensconced him in his Torah, what a chesed that he's letting us listen in and study his thoughts, and that's what we're here for, to study his thoughts, so, you know, in the beginning of creation, Hashem created the world with 32 Pesukim. That's a lot of Pesukim. That's a lot of verses. It's a lot of letters. It's a lot of space. Uh, It's elaborated on. First day, second day, third day, so on and so forth, every day until He created created men, Adam Marishon, That's the focal point of creation. Now, Hashem could have just said, and he didn't have to elaborate on all the days, he didn't have to, just could have done it very more concisely, like our Torah usually talks, very terse language, very concise language, but he elaborated on it because he wants us to know how important to to study the creation is, the viriyah is something he's thinking about for 32 pesukim, and we should be thinking about it for for many more than 32 pesukim, the whole Chobot of the Vot is about the B'riyat HaOlam and so many other Sefarim to study the kindliness and the power and the wisdom in nature in the way Hashem created the world. Hashemai misaperim kibod The heavens are speaking and all the, all the natural creations are telling us about the Maker, about the Creator. and That's why He's giving us so much space just to study it. Abraham over here by Abraham Hashem is giving it five parashiyot, much much more space than even the creation of the world. Because the whole purpose of the creation of the world was to bring Abraham to this world. Abraham that means Abraham and his seed. Kiyadati. Because I love that man. Hashem said, I love that man. He said, I love that man. Why well, I- to
2: walk
1: he should know righteousness and kindliness and, and that's what Hashem sees that Abraham is going to his his purpose is to raise his family in the same way in those same ways the ways of Hashem and that really is a model for us for all of us when Hashem sees us trying to uh, raise our children in those in the ways Hashem says Ah, because he's, 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 he's uh, expanding the, the, the Emunah, the Emunah and the, of, of Hakadosh Baruchu, to his children, to his seed, until the many generations, all the way until the generation of the Mashiach. And we've been benefiting for 4,000 years since the advent, since the birth of Abraham Avinu, from this infusion of Emunah that Abraham Avinu put in. Of the Jewish people. Emunah, Mesirut Nefesh, put the Mesirut Nefesh in as well. Certainly, as we're going to see at the end of our parashah, you have Akedat Yitzhak, was a demonstration of Mesirut Nefesh and Imunah combined to mind. So we see that the spirit of Hashem was hovering over the face of the earth until Abraham Abinu appeared on the earth and then. It landed on Raham and his seed. Now, Abraham Avinu, this week's parashah, he is just recovering from Berit Milah. It's the third day. It's very tough on him. He had an operation, major operation, Berit Milah. 99 years old when he had the Berit Milah, and it was boiling hot outside, and he had, he had a fever probably from the Berit Milah, so he was not feeling that hot. Not hot. He's the old man, and it says... Um, it says uh, him, assisted him in the B'rit Milah. So the Biritmila that he had Abraham was along was done with Hashem and, and Abraham Abinu. What is the chut? We have to know that because it's Abraham, that's our progenitor, that's our great father, Abraham Avinu. So over here. The parasha opens up that he's at the, uh, you know, he's uh, at, a do- at the door at the, the door of his tent. It's very hot outside, and he's waiting. He wants to do hachnasat urchim. He wants to he wants to feed some guests. He's feeding him some chickens, surely, he's feeding him some tuna fish sandwich. But he wants to feed their minds. He wants to he wants to introduce them to happiness in this world and happiness in this world. Taking care of you. That's the greatest happiness you could have. That's called Bitahon. Bitahon means that you you are you have it clear as you're trusting, you have trust, clear trust that Hashem is running your life. He's running everything in your life, and he's holding you like a mother holds the baby. And he is holding you very close, and he's doing everything for
0: was teaching the people.
1: In, in the world, he was teaching them that. That's called Immuna and bitahon. And he was waiting to do that. That was a big chesed, a big world. He was emulating Hashem in his chesed. That's why Abraham is called Amud Hashem. He's the pillar of chesed. Chesed, for want of a better word, we're going to call it kindliness. But it's much deeper than kindliness. Chesed, really, over here, Abraham is emulating Hashem because he didn't have no Torah. No chumash, he had no gemara, he had nothing. father was an idol worshipper. What Abraham had was a brain. He had a brain, he had a big brain, very big brain. He was a very big thinker. He was the most original thinker that ever walked the face of this earth. And from that big brain, even at three years old, he was able to see it. The tells us with that brain, he was able to discern and figure out that there's a... There's a creator in the world. Somebody made the sun. Somebody made the moon and the stars. Somebody made the nose and the teeth and the eyes. Somebody made it. Abraham said, there's got to be a plan here. Couldn't happen by itself. Couldn't happen by evolution. Couldn't happen by Big Bang Theory. There must be a plan when you see a table in somebody's house. Somebody planned how to make that table. You see a house outside. And the architect plans to make that
0: house. That's Rahama Abinu used that thought process. Said, "Hey, there's a zillion times
1: skyscraper in the whole wide world with all its electrical systems, all of its wiring, everything. One cell is more complicated than all of those things in the world." The Rabbi would tell us, "One cell, one cell, with its nucleus and its electrons and its neutrons and its rotating and revolving and all that stuff." Split and reproduce, and I'm just—I'm not—I'm not even touching the surface. I don't—you know—I'm just not touching the surface of the wisdom inside of a inside of one cell. One cell—it's got a shell that protects it. It's an unbelievable thing—a cell. I mean, the, the scientists today haven't even touched. They—they—they they, they know a little bit about the cell, but they don't know—they
0: don't know all that. soar
1: from the openly revealed things in the world. Not the cell is concealed. They didn't know about the cell till uh, the advent of a microscope. Uh, so, so Abraham saw it in, the, in a tree skin that it heals. He saw it in hair, hair that it grows. He saw it in all these things you could see with your own two eyes. Abraham was choshev. he was thinking into everything and he thought and he saw that there's somebody planning it that there's a creator in the world and He created everything and therefore therefore Abraham Avin was able to to uh, give it over to his uh, To the world to the students because he was number one. He was convinced. It was clear. It was But later somebody planned it somebody made it if there's a plan then there's a planner, that you could be sure of, something's planned, you have to look this, that it, it was planned, for sure there's a planner, so Abraham went and seeked out this planner, and finally, Hashem called him up, and he said, God called Abraham up on the telephone, and he said, Abraham, I know you've been uh, thinking about me, you're right, I'm here, here.
0: Clear. But
1: Hashem in his chesed, in his love to Abraham Avinu, he contacted him and uh, solidified his relationship with Abraham through the throughout all the Dorot till today that because of only one Abraham
0: Avinu, Abraham. door of his tent
1: boiling hot Hashem made it hot he doesn't want Abraham Avinu to suffer so much go but don't go back and there's never but Abraham was suffering even more because he didn't couldn't do the mitzvah he
0: couldn't do
1: So he could do the Mizvah of orchim. Now how did Abraham even know there was a Mizvah? There was no Torah, what kind of Mizvah? There's no Torah. The
0: biggest machines.
1: He's putting the whole world, he's feeding the whole world, the whole world. And all the animals in the world. He's feeding everything. Nutin he says um um poder umas masbiya poder jadeha um masbia lechol hay rason. He fees everything according to Ratson, according to According to that According to Hashem's Ratson, which is kindliness, and according to the the person's Ratson or the creation's rachon, that is certainly a highest level of kindness. So Abraham saw that; he noticed it, he noticed it with his three-year-old eyes, and he noticed it with his twenty-year-old eyes, and he noticed it even better with his forty-year-old eyes and his fifty-year-old mind, and he noticed it till he noticed it so clearly, and as uh, he was doing chazal. was emulating Hashem in his chesed, and he wants to feed people like Hashem feeds the world. That was the purpose of Erham Avinu. But he was not only feeding them food, he was feeding them thoughts. Thoughts that there was a bore olam in the world. And that's the biggest chesed in the whole wide world, and that's the biggest chesed Hashem does in the world, that he reveals himself in the world in all of his creations. And you have... have, uh, you have all the creations in the world, for example, you go to the zoo, they all got two eyes. You no, know, there's no there's no three-eyed snake, there's no three-eyed bird, no three-eyed, uh, one-eyed camel. All of them got two eyes, because he wants us to know that he created, them. that's Imura. Hashem is revealing himself, and that's the chesed of Hashem, male'ah ha'aretz. The whole world is full of the chesed Hashem. Now, what's the biggest chesed of Hashem? People will answer, well, uh, air, well, food, well, water, well... Now, this is not very nice. They're nice things. But the biggest chesed of Hashem, listen carefully, is that He's revealing Himself in the world, that He's holding up the sun, the moon, and the stars. That's a chesed. He didn't have to show us that. To show us that there's a Hashem in the world. The biggest chesed of Hashem is that it's openly revealed that there's a Hashem in the world. Now, you can go on living. because To live without understanding or believing or realizing there's a Hashem, there's a creator, there's a one mover, there's a there's an all-powerful uh, creator, God in the world, doesn't pay to be living. And then you think the end is a hole in the ground. If the end is a hole in the ground, you're going to live like an animal over here, because you don't care. If there's an end, I'm going to have to live it up. Because why? Because i got to live it up over here, because the end is a hole in the ground. There's
0: no reward, no punishment. There's no...
2: Guess
1: these malachim are coming his way, and he's got a fever, and he doesn't want them to pass him by. So he screams. Now you have to know who Abraham was. Abraham was nesi elohim. He was a prince of God. Even the goyim knew he was a prince of God. He was a prophet. He was a billionaire. Abraham Avinu was everything. Abraham Avinu was. Let me just see here. Okay, he was all those things, and he was the father of the, of the, of the world, Abraham Avino. You know. Not only the Jews, the, uh, the Arabs, and others. Now what does he do? He sees these Arabs coming from a distance, and they, you know, they, they, maybe they want to leave. He says, please don't leave. And he throws himself, his face on the floor, and prostrates himself. This great man, billionaire, and he's a prince, and he's everything, and he prostrates himself, he says, please don't leave, al don't leave my your servant. calls He calls himself your servant. These are three dirty, smelly Arabs from the street. Who are they? He doesn't even know who they are. Came in the out, out of nowhere, and and he's telling them, don't leave your servant. Because Abraham Avinu was not always anad but he was working on himself uh, because he knew how he knew how, how important it was for him to emulate Hashem in the halachta gedolah to. To uh, feed guests and to feed him with food and to feed him with or spirituality. So, Abraham Abinu is giving us this, this uh, model. Before he did it, he, the Pasuk says, He lifted his head, lifted his eyes, literally, and he saw it like this. Abraham Abinu knew very well that whatever he's going to let his eyes look at is going to stick with him forever. It's going to go into the hard drive of his mind, of his computer mind, forever. And that's going to affect and distort and distill his midot, his character traits. It's going to distill his Torah, the way he looks at the world, his hashkafa. It's going to distill everything about him. What you look is what you become. You could become what you
2: see.
0: Uh, like you see now in the street, they become, they watch a lot of violence, they become violent. It's
1: not a joke. It's just. A person is drawn like gravity, a person is pulled. Nimshach means pulled. He's pulled after his environment and his friends. So that means it's almost impossible to get out of that gravitational pull. You know what I said? It's almost impossible to get out of that pull because the environment and the friends pull a person. So therefore, you have to make sure you have to have haver tov. You have to have shachen tov. Those are the two... Shachen tov, that's environment. Haver tov, that's a good friend. You have to have those things. So Abraham was us all these all these lessons certainly and teaching it to the guests that
0: are coming. So
1: his sight and his ears. His ears, what you hear, it, it 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 infects you. It affects you. Can't say it doesn't bother me. What you look at, you can't say hey it goes in one end out the other. No. That's the Yetzirah talking. You have to know the, the emet is whatever you see is with you forever. Whatever you smell is with you forever. Whatever you hear is with you forever. To the bad and to the good. Either way, when you hear good things, it's good. When you hear you, you Also, So if the rabbi would give an example. He would say, you know, remember that chala that, uh, or that mehshi uh, or the apple pie that your mother used to cook in the kitchen? You smell that delicious apple pie. It smelled great. And now, 50 years later, you're walking uh, somewhere, you're walking past the bakery, and you smell that apple pie smell, and all of a sudden the whole picture opens up of your mother's kitchen, it comes open up in your mind, it means that that thought never left your mind, the thought of your mother's kitchen never left, and it's that smell that's a trigger, it's called a trigger, it triggers it off in your mind that, 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 that smell, it's, it's been laying dormant in the, filing cabinet of your mind. That's the way the rabbi said it. The filing cabinet of your mind. So certainly that's a smell. And any, all the five senses are that way. A smell, a taste, something you hear, see, touch. All those things are never lost. Even a thought. Rabbi Yudana See. Rabbi? No. Rabbi Yudana Levi said in his Kuzari, and Rabbi Miller would always bring, bring this out, that even a thought that you have, a thought that you have cannot be erased. Can't be erased. A good thought, and the opposite, if a person has a good thought, it's always there. It could be uh, under a lot of, a lot of uh, levels. It could be in the, in the basement of his mind. But sometimes, eventually, something tri- it comes out. That, that thought comes out. Maybe you hear something. You 30 years ago, 50 years ago, 60 years ago, I heard it. I haven't thought about it for 50 years, but it's been there the whole time. So, so that, that's called... That's called Maim Tevunot That's a Mishlaya. Ma'im Amukim Tevunot There is deep wells of water in the minds of people, in the minds of men, and a Ish Tevunot, a man of discern, discerning men, man understanding man, Tevunot is gonna go out, take drop the bucket, and dole it up. Because the Maim is there, the Torah is there. Torah is there. That's already, always there. What you ever put in there, it was there. But you got, sometimes it's down in the well. It's, down, it's, it's been buried by a lot of water. It's been buried for years, but it's still there. So if you drop that bucket in there and you bring it up, you'll find it in there. That's called Noveya. That's what Torah the So a person, when he starts to learn Torah, Torah that he never learned before. Well, they never, he never thought that he learned before. But that Torah was really stuffed into him when he was in... He learned it once or twice before, and then he thought he forgot it, but it was always there. So, so Abraham Avinu knew this axiom, and he was very careful what he looked at. So he had a system, he lifted his eyes and he saw, he had a two-step system. Now, don't try this at home now, because we don't have such a system. But Abraham Avinu was... <laughs> He was Ahad Hayah Abraham. He was only one Abraham in the whole world. And he was able to do such a thing. He did a lot of things with his mind, Abraham Abino. Because the mind really is a piece of Hashem. That's your neshama. inside your mind. So he's able to realize that in and, and make the most out of it. And ha, Minha... Yotzeh Minha... To the poor, like Ramban tells us. He takes... The, the dormant into the active, so 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 Abraham was able to preview something before he looked at it. Did you hear that? By isayanav means he lifted his head. He previewed it. He looked at it. He didn't he didn't gobble it up. He didn't bring it into his mind. But he looked at it. By isayanav he lifted his eyes and he decided: Am I gonna am I gonna look at it? Or not? That's the two steps he had. He, he lifted his eyes. And he, previewed pre- pre- should I look at it? He previewed pre- that before he ate it. He smelled it before he made the berachah. Abinim misamim, smelled it. that. Smell was only to see if it smelled good. So he previewed pre- pre- <laughs> it with his eyes. <laughs> he lifted his eyes. Should I look at it? I'm going to look at it. I'm going to put it into my, into my persona. I'm going to put it into my persona. If it wasn't good, he didn't put it into. He didn't look at it at all. He didn't stare at it. That's another reason why you shouldn't stare at, shouldn't stare into the favor-in-law of Rabbi uh, Avigda Miller. Uh, he was, um, he ended up becoming mashkiach in, uh, in YU, university, he's like Alchanan, very big, very big. He was a tamid muvhaq of the Alta taslavatka he wrote Sefarim. He was a uh, father, at the lesson's father. In any case, I heard once from his grandson that he, on this Point on this subject that he said the following: He said, "If you happen to be walking in the street or wherever you are and you're walking and you see something that's really not shayach to be seeing, really, really don't. But it, it popped in front of you. What are you going to do? Now, now, again, it's not your fault, but it's in there. No matter, it went into the went into the hopper. So what do you do? He said immediately, just say say to yourself, say it to yourself a few times. That's a shaker. That's a lie. That's a falsehood." And when you say those, that kind of whatever I saw, that's false. What I heard, I heard that, that apikorsut, that's sheker, it's falsehood. So thereby you'll be putting, you're putting some antidote onto that, what you saw. You'll be halting it. You'll be trying to stop it from entering too deep into your hard drive of your mind. And that was his strategy. That was the strategy of Rav Yaakov, Moshe, lesson. Allah be shalom. So Rav on this point again, about what you see, Abraham Avinu was able to preview before he saw it. And what goes into your mind doesn't leave your mind, even a thought. So he would bring the following mashal. He said, a guy, he contracted for a beautiful oak table, a beautiful oak table, a dining room table. He contracted for an Italian uh, artisan. And he was a wealthy man. And the artisan took quite a few months to make the table. Finally, the day came, and the artisan said, brought the table, We're going to deliver it from Italy. And he goes, uh, he said, Jack, here's your table. It's a beautiful table. It's a work of art. Okay? So they, they served it on the first, the of Shabbat. They're going to serve a nice Shabbat meal on the table. And what happens? One of the serving pieces falls out from the uh, platter and, makes a, and falls, falls onto the table and makes a gash in the table, a gash in the wood. Jack felt terrible. So he calls the artisan back from Italy. He says, please, please, uh, come over here and check the table. That I need you to repair the table. So Frank comes along. Deep. That gash is very, very deep. He says, I can sand it down, but you're always going to see something under that, of that scratch. It, it will never be perfect. It won't be cor- you know, just the way you had it before. So Jack was thinking about it. He felt bad. He says, so he got an etzah. Maybe he got an etzah from, from a chacham. So the etzah he got was like this. He says, you know, that table can't be exactly without the scratch. But it's an opportunity for me to put beautiful tablecloths on top of that table and, and a beautiful lace tablecloths and embroidered tablecloths and you put those tablecloths on top of the table so you won't see the scratch so the, that's the mashal, the nimshal is if a person has a bad thought he can't get rid of those thoughts even even, even ba doesn't get rid of those thoughts the, uh, the kuzari says teshu won't get rid of it it's there, it's a mitziut it's there in your mind Rambam says what you can do is put good thoughts in front of it and it'll, it'll push it to the back of your mind, but the thoughts are there no matter, no, no matter what this. they're still there and they'll be there even in ulama ba, how's that? I mean, that's a fearsome idea. And uh, how careful we got to be before we put any kind of thoughts in our mind. And on the positive side, we put good thoughts in our mind, they stick with us forever into Ulam You go learn Torah, you go do good deeds, you go uh, visit your mother and father, you visit the sick, anything good, you put good thoughts in your mind, that lasts you forever. And not only does it last you forever, it colors all the other thoughts that you have. You hear what I said? It colors them. The good thoughts that you have, it gives you a good... uh, a good positive attitude, a positive view, a positive view of the world, and then it will it will water down, it will filter, is the word, it will filter all the other thoughts with that positivity, with the positive thoughts that you have. So, so, so the rabbi said, when you have this gash in the table, it's a gash in your mind. That's what it is. It's a gash in your mind. You had a bad thought, it's a gash in your mind. You heard a bad, a bad, a bad Torah, a bad idea from a, from a guy that's twisting Torah, it's a gash in your mind. Hey, sometimes you can't get it out. Rabbi Miller would say "You he heard something from a guy 50 years later he still has that crooked thought in his mind, the crooked idea. can't get it out of his mind. So what do you do? You put beautiful tablecloths over your mind, beautiful Torah ideas over your mind. And then the rabbi said, maybe, just maybe, when you go up to heaven after a 120 putting over your mind that. Isn't that a gorgeous idea? That's a gorgeous idea. You can go around the world and back, you won't hear an idea like that. And this is an uplifting idea, that we can improve ourselves. We can we can fix ourselves up by taking good thoughts, good ideas, good actions, and put them on top, and then you plating it, you're plating it, you're putting plating on top of the, 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 the previous things that that's been done that you were not so proud of, maybe you didn't know any better, but now you're plating them with the good thoughts. Now, in our parasha, we notice something very overt, it's openly known. And Abraham Avinu is running like crazy. He's like a madman. Actually, the rabbi quotes a pasuk from Hosea, that I can't, I'm going to paraphrase, the madman, is the man with idealism, he looks like a madman. Ah, he looks like a madman. How did Abraham look like a madman? Didn't he throw himself on the floor? For those three angels, he put his face in the dust. That looks pretty crazy. If you were there, you'd say, that guy's a nut. He's a crazy man. But an idealism for Hashem, Avodat Hashem, be crazy. The rabbi would say that. Sounds crazy, doesn't it? Like he would tell us, say I love you, Hashem. He would tell us every once in a while. He got a big crowd, 200 people or more. Actually, he was in my house. He did the same thing. He said, let's, everybody now one." did you ever say I love you, Hashem? He would say, you mean you're going to go? You're going to go to Olam Aban. You never said, I love you, Hashem. That would be a, a shame. It would be a shame. So let's do it right now, he would say. Let's do it right now. Let's say, I love you, Hashem. Because one, two, three, let's do it together. I love you, Hashem. And if, the, if, it, if it wasn't too loud, he would say, don't be embarrassed. Now. Psh, fantastic. Fantastic. Unbelievable. That's because he did it from his heart, the rabbi. He wasn't afraid. And when, when they say, I love you, he goes, you're doing the greatest misad. can you beat that? You just got a billion dollars for free. All you did is say, I love you, Hashem, for free. And the, Now you might say, you, know, you, know, you might say, well, I don't feel it that much, but the more you say it, the more you'll feel it. That's the idea. And every day when you leave your house in the morning, it's a very important practice. I do it every single day. Every single day. You kiss him, right there by the door, and you say it loud enough for you to hear it. You don't got to have the neighbors hear it. For you to hear it, you say I love you Hashem, right there by the door. Teach your kids that. They go, kiss the Mizuza, they leave the house, say, I love you Hashem. Wow, that's the way to start the day. So now Abraham, so now Abraham is running and he's rushing and he's moving and he's running, Mahari, adults, and he's telling his wife, better hurry. Hurry and make those ugot, 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 make the cake. Uh, the Rashi, al tach You have a mitzvah in front of you. Don't let it turn. That's like a chametz on, on Pesach. If you let it lay too long, that, that dough, it's going to turn into chametz, and you can't eat it. So you have to do it quickly. You got to roll them. You go to the matzah factory. They're doing it very quickly. Everything's quick. So the same thing with mitzvot. When you got a mitzvah in front of you, al tach But the rabbi brought out more than that. It's actually a very big principle like this, he brought it from the Messiah, he quoted the Messiah, the Rabbi uh, vigden Miller, he says like this, most people don't know this, listen carefully, he says, when you have a mitzvah Aseh, a positive commandment to do, to do, in front of you know, there's 248 Mitzvot Aseh, you, uh, you have 350, uh, 356 Mitzvot Lota You see, 356 and 248, yes, what, right? 613 total. So I mean, 248, that's what I say. That's what to do, positive. Today, you don't have, you have less than 100 that you really can do because a lot of them are called by naught, you can't do them anymore, whatever it is. But, for whatever it's worth, you have to know that that's what we're living for. The purpose of life is to do and, and, now, of course, you shouldn't eat a piece of ham, you shouldn't steal anything, you shouldn't, hit anybody, hurt anybody's feelings, for sure not. It's so what Lord said. you shouldn't do that because that's, that, that, that's, not, that, that's a sin. Hashem said, don't do it. Don't do it, it's a sin. Hashem told Adam and Shun, don't eat from the fruit. He did it. He made a big sin, tremendous sin. It was hayab for that one. But, but we have to know, life's purpose is not not to do. It's not not to eat the ham. It's to do good deeds. It's to put on the tefillin. It's to go to shul. Every day, go to Shulun Shabbat. It's to be kind to your fellow Jew. It's to help your mother and father. It's to go do cholim. It's to go give Siddaka. It's to give hachnasat urchim, like Abraham is doing. It's to teach people that there's one God in the world. To mekarev people. That's misvat Haaseh. No less. We're copying Abraham Abinu. misvat Haaseh. Actually, Abraham is copying God. Abraham is mekarev the whole Olam. Abraham is mekarev... Hashem is mekarev the whole dinya. The whole ulam he's trying to make karev. How? By showing you, showing you openly that there's a God in the world. He wants you to know there's a God in the world. He's holding up the sun every day. How could a person, you know, go out on the street and pick your head up look at the sun and say there's not somebody holding up the sun? What, is it holding up by itself? Is it just magic? No magic over here. You go out in the morning every day. Today, did you go out, did you look? Very important, every day. This morning, for example, this, this whole week, you see a big fat moon in the sky in the morning. 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock, there's a big fat moon up there, and at night also a big fat moon, so it's in order for you to notice it, you know, Hashem could have made it in such a way, where you don't see the moon at all, like a new moon, you don't see it, it could have made the whole month that way, but he didn't because He wants you to see it He wants you to notice it He wants you to notice that there's someone behind it, that there's somebody doing it, that's the biggest chesed, but the idea is that we should we should be noticing noticing those things, and and, 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 and thereby, we could become very, very great. So over here, we're saying that, ah, we're saying over here a tremendous principle. The principle is that Abraham was running and rushing and doing and telling his wife to run and rush and do. Why? Because when there's a Mizvat Aseh, that's what I was talking about. There's a Mizvat Aseh in front of you, En sakana ke sakana quoting the Mishra Isharim. You're in the biggest danger in the whole wide world when? When you have a positive commandment in front of you to do. Your mommy asks you to help clean the bedroom. Positive commandment. No less than putting on tefillin now, boys and girls. When your mommy asks you, your daddy asks you, help me with the garage. Help me uh, clean the car. Help me with something. It's no less than eating matzah pesa. pesach. No less than any positive commandment. No less than putting on tefillin. No less than saying kirachema no less than any of them, they're all the same, they're all the same, no less, so, 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 so Abraham, so now there's no, there's the biggest Sakana, the Sakana is you're going to miss out, if you miss out on doing that mitzvah, you can never make it up, you can't make it up, the rabbi told me once, you know, that, of course, mitzvot lo not to do, uh very important not to do these things, however, however, Mitzvot Aseh is even much more important. Why? He's going to explain that why. Why? Because in Mitzvot Lo if a person damaged another guy's shirt, right? He could pay for the shirt. He could pay him back. If a guy did a Mitzvot Lo against Hashem, let's say he ate non-kosha, has v'shulam, he carried on Shabbat. That's whatever he did. He could fix it up. Number one, he could say, I'm sorry, I, made, I regret it. I make Teshubah. I didn't mean it. I'm sorry. Number one now depending how deep the sin is how deep it isn't you, go, you have to go learn you learn fine but in general first if he just says I'm sorry right away he cleans it off right away cleans it off right away now now, second stage he has Yom Kippur he can go through the day of Yom Kippur if a certain sin is a little bit deeper he has to wait to Yom Kippur it will clean him off It'll dust him off. Now, if certain ones are even deeper, well, he may have to cut his finger. Maybe stub his toe. Maybe lose some money in his pocket. Maybe he's got a hole in his pocket. Maybe he's got to lose some money. Maybe, uh, that's called Yisurim. Yisurim means trials and tribulations. He'll have a Yisurim. Whatever it is, could be not so not so heavy, not so light, whatever it is, that's up to God to decide. So, but this Yisurim will clean him off. It'll dust him off. It'll take care of this Abirah that he did. Take care of it. Now, maybe that won't do it. If it's deeper, well, he may have to wait till he passes away. That's also a kapara. Yom mitah. Maybe that won't do it. If that won't do it, Hashem will burn it out of him in Geinam. The Rabbi told me he'll burn it out and go to Geinam. Ad yudbet. it's no fun. Don't wait till then. Don't ever wait till that time. You can make Teshubah over here when you're alive. When you're not alive, you cannot make Teshubah anymore. But let's say a person...
2: exactly why he said it because it was something stain on his soul a cherry mark, eight cherries, you put
0: it on they
1: put lion there, detergent, they put steam on it. So the same thing you got a bit, you gotta sin. They're gonna to have to steam it out of you the rabbi said maybe they didn't have to burn it out of you but he said at the end he goes but at the end of the day you'll come up you'll come up to ulama a little pale a little skinny but you'll come up there you'll come up so we see over here that the purpose of life is to do and therefore when you have a misvat i say in front of you you have to do it quickly and Abraham is teaching us that he says my hair do it fast because the Yetzirah wants to kill you. Malach HaMavet wants to kill you. He doesn't want you to accomplish anything. So, he doesn't want you to get reward forever and ever and ever. So therefore, he puts up all of his roadblocks, all of his strategies to stop you from doing this mitzvah. Now, in our parashah, of course, we have Gedullah ha orchim mi shechina. Because, now, now, there's a big question over here because, you know, Abraham Avinu, Hashem was visiting Abraham Avinu. And, he was doing bikul kholim Hashem was visiting him because he wasn't feeling too good. And, 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 and Abraham Avinu then has get these three guests. He doesn't even know who they are. And he tells Hashem, do me a favor, Hashem. Wait over here. I'll be right back. I got to go take care of those guests over there. Well, what kind, of, what kind of thing is that? What kind of chutzpah is that wait over here? You wait over here. Hashem is the bore Olam. You wait over here. I'm going to go take care of those guests over there. It's a very big question. So, so, just to make it a little bit more clearer, like this, you have, for example, if you had Rabbi say, if you have Moshe Rabbeinu, he's sitting with Hashem, sitting with in, in, in Heaven with Hashem, whatever that means, he's sitting on Hashem's lap, Shechina, so to speak. So now, Shem told him, "I'm going to give you a choice. You know, you want to go downstairs again? I'll put you life. You can go down there again to to life. You can go down on the on the earth again, or you could stay here with me." So Moshe Rabbeinu, think about it. What would he do? What would you do? So Moshe Rabbeinu would say, "I want to go down there again. You know why? Because over here I cannot accomplish anything. I can just enjoy myself. I can get reward up here. I can get re- enjoyment from seeing." Shekhinah, seeing the clarity of how you run the world. But I'm not, I'm not uh, improving myself at all. I'm not, getting, I'm not getting any better, any greater. I'm getting great benefit, getting great pleasure. That's what the the Aboah uh, tells you, that one second of pleasure in the Ulam Abba is greater than all the pleasure in this world. But one second of accomplishment in this world is greater than all the Ulam Abba. So Moshe Rabbeinu says, I'm going to go down, take a chance because I could do another mitzvah. I can do another mitzvah, I can become even greater. So over here, we're explaining over here, how could Abraham Abinu leave the shekhinah to go see these people, these, these, uh, these Arabs, because, because he's got plenty of time to sit with the shekhinah. The time for doing is in this world. Hayom la'asotam. Umachal se'charam. Today is to do mitzvot. And tomorrow, after 120 years, that's the time to glean their reward uh, so abraham avinu figured it out and he said i gotta do the mitzvot that's there is no mitzvah of kabbalat pene hashechina that's just reward so over here let's see so we have to know that whatever it says in, about abraham avinu that he was doing or sarah, he was doing it every day so every day he was looking for guests to feed them to teach them and this is the great chesed abraham avinu didn't is teaching us to do? He was, he was. They had the brit milah that day. There were no travelers inside, and so on and so forth. Now, 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 now. Also, we have to know that also the way to learn Torah that they were doing it every day. Sarah shomat petach oil. She was listening at the door of the tent every day. She was listening. What was she listening to at the door of the tent? She was listening to the greatest man in the world, the greatest man that ever lived, the greatest man. What was he doing? He was giving the Musar He was teaching guests. He was teaching ignoramuses. He was teaching ignorant people about life. And he was teaching them, and they were, they were drinking it up. He had all the proofs. And he did it all with a smile, Abraham Abinu. He did it all with love. And he did it also with a steak. So while they were eating a nice steak or a piece of chicken, that's when he was teaching them. Not on an empty stomach. He didn't give them a slice of pizza. He gave them a nice steak. Because when a person, you want to teach somebody, you teach him on a full stomach. And <inaudible> asata You teach a, a person, even yourself, you teach him when he's satiated. That's hazana ta'olam kulo. Hashem is feeding the world and he's feeding it in order for us to believe in him. Why do you think he's feeding the world? Just like that? For us to thank him for it. Thank when you thank Hashem for it, it means you believe in Hashem, it means you're gaining emuna but you're gaining it with, with when you're eating. Like on Shabbat, we have bread, we have a sewda, and in you say, in when you have, and you have meat and, and, and wine, that's, that's a simha. Why is that? Really you can be happy with uh, other things, no, but so, so that'll bring out that kind of simha will bring out that'll bring out the receptiveness in you. It'll bring up the enzymes in you that'll be happy enzymes, receptive enzymes, to receive the emunah, to receive the simha on your child's face, your wife's face, your children's face, your grandchildren's face. You'll be able to receive it because you have that satiation in you. Now, we have in our parasha a lot of laughter. We have Atis sara. She was laughing. She heard the news. She heard the news. She heard the news. She was listening by the tent and she heard the, ma- the malach the angel tell her, Abraham, Sarah Ben, I'm going to come back next year, and your wife's going to have a child, she's going to have a baby boy. And when she heard that, she was laughing, she didn't laugh out loud. Sarah, Sarah never laughed out loud. Sarah was, was a prophetess. She was a She was the greatest woman. She didn't laugh, ha, ha, ha. She didn't laugh like that. She was laughing in her mind. She couldn't believe her ears. She was laughing, but she was laughing with Simha, don't she? Was laughing with sarcasm, she was laughing with happiness, but that, that was different with the way Abraham also laughed. Abraham sahak also, but there was a. The, Rabbi Miller is explaining. There's a haluk. There's a difference between Abraham's laughter and Sarah's laughter. Abraham was laughing. He was seeing.
0: Laughing, his
1: happiness laughing would say happiness, was that he saw the baby in his ma in his arms like it's in his arms. When the angel when Hashem told me he's gonna have a baby, already he was happy like it was in his arms. Didn't happen yet, but he saw it, he saw, And there's also a in those two mamarot. I, 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 it's going to happen. Everything that he did was good, and everything he's going to do is good. It's a, a difference between seeing it, believing it right now, or seeing that it's going to happen in the future. So Abraham was, was laughing. And over here we have more laughter. But his haq sarah, also Abraham laughed, and also Ishmael, mesahek. He said, hey, Mr. Heck, he was laughing in the tent. And you, and, and you have to know that Sarah wanted to kick him out, and she did end up kicking him out because he was laughing in the tent. Truth of the matter is, you can't laugh in the tent of Sarah because Sarah's tent was, was the, uh, the Beit Sarah's tent was the Beit the original one, and you can't be laughing inside there. If you're in the Beit don't they don't tell jokes in the Beit You shouldn't even tell jokes in shul. You can't laugh in shul. I said, "Ma'kom kadosh, how could you laugh in shul? No laugh in shul, unless, like the Gemara says, they opened up with a bedicha. But that wasn't a <laughs> it's just to make you a little happy, a little a little joke to to soften you up to learn to learn the Gemara. Now, I just want to finish it off with one idea, an idea, a great idea like this. You have to know that Abraham said that. How can I have a baby? My my, my wife's too old." says says right my Sarah is too old i can have a baby but my wife's too old Sarah said how can i have a baby but she said my husband's too old she said my husband's too old so when hashem went to abraham to say you know your wife left she says he didn't tell abraham that your wife was thinking that my husband's too old she didn't want to hurt abraham's feelings so so to speak So he told Abraham, your wife said that she was too old. But she didn't say she was too old. She said, my husband's too old. So we see over here a tremendous principle. Hashem is teaching us the truth isn't what you think the truth is. The truth is what, if you say a truth and you're hurting somebody's feelings, that's an untruth. That's a lie. When you hurt somebody's feelings, because over here again, the truth uh, literally, Sarah said, my husband's too old. But Hashem told Abraham that she said that she was too old because he didn't want to hurt Hashem didn't want to hurt Abraham's feelings. So we see the real truth isn't what you think it is. Torah is telling you what truth is. Truth isn't necessarily say a truth, a so-called truth that hurts somebody's feelings. It's not the truth. you don't tell him what she's not you tell the guy to bought a suit I bought a suit it's a, it's a purple suit but I paid for it do you like the suit? the guy paid for it already he can't return it you don't tell the guy it's an ugly suit you're going to hurt his feelings you tell him oh that's a nice suit you got there Jack very nice suit you know what? why? but it's not a nice suit because you don't want to hurt his feelings so we have to see we go according to what Hashem tells us the truth is and the Torah tells the truth is by making people feel good and that's what I, one of our tafkidim in this world is, me'oded anavim Hashem, to make people feel good. Every day, try to make somebody feel good. You get up in the morning, say, I'm going to make people, I'm going to pat the guy on the back, say, Jack, you look great today. And this is what Hashem wants us to do. It says says, Berke Avot tells us, kol deru kol deru everybody that likes you, Hashem likes you. So you have to make sure that people, like you have a great day